0: It's Monday, April 4th. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. The legal battle over Maryland's congressional redistricting map has been settled. For the first time, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, names a woman as president. The state's COVID positivity rate sees a slight uptick. Baltimore City Hall and state courthouses reopened for normal business today, but some pandemic restrictions remain. And the Baltimore County Council is taking up the issue of a contract to inspect the Inspector General's office. It's the Daily Dose from WYPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response, and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Governor Larry Hogan has signed the congressional redistricting map the General Assembly passed last week, ending the court fight over that map. WYPR's Joel McCord reports.
1: Hogan said the new map is not perfect, but it's a huge step in the right direction. Uh, And there's still some issues that I think could be corrected, but it's miles away from uh, the really incredibly gerrymandered map that was thrown out by the court. He said he decided to sign after Attorney General Brian Frosch agreed to drop his appeal of a judge's decision to throw out an earlier map. Frosch said in a statement he's pleased Hogan has agreed to sign the most recent map and that both sides have agreed to dismiss their cases. In a joint statement, Senate President Bill Ferguson and House Speaker Adrian Jones said they are hopeful the governor's signature will bring an end to the unnecessary confusion over the shape of congressional districts. While this settles the congressional map, the fate of the state legislative redistricting map remains in limbo. I'm Joel McCord, WYPR News.
0: The University of Maryland-Baltimore County has named its new president, Valerie Shears Ashby. Currently a dean at Duke University, will be the first woman to lead UMBC when she takes the helm in August. Ashby replaces Freeman Rabowski who is retiring after leading the institution for three decades. Baltimore County Executive John Yoshevsky said today his next budget will continue to offer bonuses and incentives to hire more police officers. Police Chief Melissa Hyatt says the county wants to fill more than 100 vacancies. Yoshevsky presents his proposed budget to the county council next week. Maryland's COVID-19 positivity rate has gone up again to 1.77 percent, according to the state health department. 131 people are currently hospitalized. There's little change in the vaccination rate. Just over 91 percent of Marylanders aged five and older are vaccinated. Just under half of those fully vaccinated have gotten a booster shot. Artscape, Baltimore's annual outdoor arts and music festival and the largest free arts festival in the country is returning this year. The festival was canceled for two years due to COVID-19. It's usually in July. This year, it will be in September. AFRAM, one of the East Coast's largest African-American festivals is also returning in person this year. Last year, it was a hybrid festival. It will take place on Juneteenth weekend That's the 18th to 19th. Baltimore City Hall reopens today and the City Council is holding its first in-person meeting this evening. City Council meetings will continue to be streamed on Charm TV for those who can't attend, as they have been since the pandemic began. Masks are required in Council Chambers and those who plan to attend meetings must get a health screening. Courthouses throughout Maryland opened for normal business today. The Maryland Judiciary has lifted its COVID-19 health emergency. That means that many courts are able to move past the remote proceedings that have been held during the pandemic. Officials say they are also getting rid of the five-phased operations plan they have been following while COVID-19 cases were rising across the state. The Baltimore County Council is taking up the issue tonight on a contract relating to an upcoming examination of the Inspector General's office. But some council members have raised questions about the cost of that contract and why that study is necessary. WYPR's John Lee reports it's another indication that the Inspector General's office continues to be an open sore in Baltimore County government.
1: In October, Baltimore County Executive Johnny Oshevsky, a Democrat, announced he was forming an independent commission to study the inspector general's office. This came after Inspector General Kelly Madigan had been criticized by two Democratic council members for her conduct in office. Five months later, that commission still has not met. County Administrative Officer Stacey Rogers recently told the County Council that it's taken time to line up an organization outside county government to help the commission do its work. So that the the commission can conduct this work independent from the administration. Under the contract, the Schaefer Center for Public Policy at the University of Baltimore would be paid nearly $100,000 to give the commission administrative and research support. But two Republicans on the council questioned both the cost and the necessity of that contract, and they took it a step further, asking why the examination of the inspector general's office is happening in the first place. What is really the purpose of this blue ribbon commission, is there a problem that we're trying to solve? That's 3rd District Republican Wade Catch. 7th District Republican Todd Crandall put it this way. Are we reinventing what the inspector general's office does? I mean, I, I just don't, I don't get it. Democratic Councilwoman Kathy Bevins said an examination of the inspector general's office is warranted.
0: We have checks and balances for almost every agency, for every agency in the county. Uh, we answer to the taxpayers. Ms. Madigan answers to no one.
1: It was Bevins, along with Democratic Council Chairman Julian Jones, who sharply questioned Madigan about her job performance at a budget hearing last May. It turned out Bevins' campaign treasurer had been the focus of a Madigan investigation. And WYPR obtained emails between Madigan and Oshevsky's chief of staff, Patrick Murray, which reveal an attempt last April to restrict Madigan's access to records. Chief Administrative Officer Rogers says the administration is not trying to reinvent the office, but she adds it has evolved. We're trying to take a thoughtful look at our operation because we started out as one thing and now the office is an IG office when it initially was established as an office of ethics and accountability, which are really two different kind of operations. But all that's really changed is the inspector general's job title. Oshewski introduced legislation in 2019, which created the position of Executive Director of Ethics and Accountability. About a year later, that was changed by the council to Inspector General. Inspector General Madigan requested it, saying she needed the title to qualify for training and work sessions with other inspectors general. Her authority to root out fraud, abuse and illegal acts in county government has not changed. When it comes to the $100,000 contract the council will consider Monday night, Chairman Jones says it's money well spent to make sure the inspector general's office is being run properly.
0: And I don't see an issue with that at all, and I'm really curious about the questions as to why we all of a sudden have an issue.
1: Madigan runs an office of three people, including herself. By comparison, the inspector general's office in Baltimore City has five times as many employees. Erica Palmasano, Oshevsky's press secretary, says Madigan is requesting three more positions in next year's budget. County Executive Oshevsky presents his budget to the council later this month. John Lee, WIPR News.
0: happy to hear from you and we'll be here for you again on Wednesday. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WYPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Callan Tenzel-Suddith. Our digital content director is Jamila Krumple, and our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Thanks for listening.